0: Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast. Uh, It is a very late night podcast. I haven't done one of these in quite a while and an unannounced one too. So uh, I don't know how many are going to be joining in. We have some people coming in already, but uh, I think most of you will probably be listening to this on the replay uh, tomorrow. But it is the 12th of February at after 1130 at night. So I'll probably finish this. uh, eh, Maybe I'll finish it on February 12th. We'll see. It might be the 13th. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the he gets us ad. Um, it's one of those days. Like I was planning on doing something, and things got away from me. And so, next thing you know, it's like eleven thirty. But uh, but I, I decided uh, that I was going to do one anyway, just because um, the the moment's passing. In fact, I'm already <laughs> I might already be too late because so many people have weighed in on this, and I don't even know if my voice is that needed, but. This is kind of like directly part of my wheelhouse. This is something that uh, social justice stuff, obviously, um, a subject that I tackled a lot. And I've talked about He Gets Us before. So I thought, well, I'll talk about it. And I did make some pretty, I think, funny uh, parodies uh, that I'll, I will show to you as well. But before I get to all that, I want to share this. This is uh, my speaking engagements. I've, I think I haven't shared this yet this year. This is the first time. And I should have because this first speaking engagement on this actually is this weekend in Pine Mountain, Georgia. So I'll see some of you there, February 16th through 18th. You can find all this, go to johnharrispodcast.com. But um, we are uh, at, well, I am uh, introducing the 1607 Project documentary, Virginia First. And um, it will be the premiere. It, I don't know when we're going to put it on YouTube. I'm, it, it is supposed to go on YouTube at some point, but this is the premiere and I'm going to say a few words about it, and then I'm going to show it to all of you in Pine Mountain, Georgia. And the links, of course, are uh, at johnharrispodcast.com. That's through the Abbeville Institute, March second uh, through third, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Reclaim Conference. And so, so that's actually coming up pretty soon too. That's the first week of March. Uh, and if you're in New Mexico, I've never been to New Mexico. I've driven through, and I was mostly sleeping. I think I woke up once and it was in the middle of the night. So this is a new experience for me. Uh, I'm excited about that. And then April 27th through 28th, I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho at the stand firm conference and March 4th through 5th, I'm going to be in St. Croix falls, Wisconsin. That's the next week for the be not conformed conference. And both of those conferences are actually through truth script. So, um, truth script is, it, they're sponsored by local churches, but Truthscript is uh, promoting these as well. So you can also go to truthscript.com if you want to find out more about that, speaking at different things at these different conferences. Um, Albuquerque, I'm going to be talking about uh, biblical definitions and what social justice has uh, done to, uh, well, twist definitions uh, from the Bible to, to twist scripture, but but also twist what words mean. And, uh, and then in uh, Boise, I'm going to be actually speaking about some post-liberals. Uh, actually, I, I correct myself. Boise, uh, I'm uh, speaking on Romans, but it's it's going to be in the wheelhouse of uh, standing firm against the evil that's coming into the church, that kind of thing. So I haven't firmly figured out exactly what I'm going to say. But in St. Croix Falls, I am going to be speaking a bit on liberalism. And uh, that, that's a sort of a new topic for me. But uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, liberalism, Um, So not just wokeness. But anyway, that's a little sneak peek for you. Uh, Let's get into the He Gets Us stuff. So this was an ad that popped up on the Super Bowl last night. If you were watching the Super Bowl, I was not. But this is one of the things that you would have seen if you were watching the Super Bowl. Don't ask me what you know is true don't have to tell you I love your precious heart I I was Jesus didn't hate, he washed feet. he gets us, all of us, right? And the rest of it, for those who are listening and not watching, it's a series of images. I'll just show a few of them now. Um, like the first one, it looks like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so much in these that uh, I, I don't even have the time to go through all of them. Uh, I kind of wish that it, we did. And, and frankly, I don't even know. Um, I, I'm not sure the intentionality behind all of it. I'm sure there's other people that are trying to dissect these, but um, not important, really. The, the big picture is that they mostly relied on some uh, the victim categories to to show that Jesus uh, loves uh, victims. Right. So here's the first one. It's a son washing the feet of his father. So this one may not actually it might be the one that doesn't really fit into that sort of victim category. I think that's what it is. I don't know. The son son's washing the feet of his father, though. Uh, and you can see in the background the mother's serving dinner and the daughter. I, I mean, it looks like I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> to be honest, I. And it's not the one that's gotten the most attention, but that that's the first. Okay, the second one, of course, you can now see start to see the social justice stuff coming in. You have, um, it's a a guy in the in the hood in a, in a trashy alleyway who looks. Uh, well, he, he's a black guy, and he looks. He's dressed kind of gangster, uh, and. You got a police officer who's washing his feet. And then the next one is uh, it's at a, at a school and you can see all the trophies in the background. And it looks like it's um, uh, like a cheerleader type. I, I don't know, like it, it, in a high school, it's one it's a person on, who's in the cool crowd washing the feet of someone who's kind of an outcast, dyed red hair, short hair. Um, and dressed in kind of a, I don't know, she's sitting on a skateboard, has some boots, uh, that she's taken off dressed in kind of a a way that's, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, like, like you wouldn't think that she's probably a Trump fan. (laughs) we will put it that way. Okay. The next one is out in the middle of, it looks like the California does it or something, but it's like cowboys and Indians. So you got, uh, you got the, the cowboy guy with the cowboy vest uh, and the pickup truck in the background and stuff. And he's, he's washing the feet of, um, a native American guy. And so it's, it's like this whole, like, according to like an intersectional framework, it's this whole role reversal thing. Right. And then this is the one that's gotten the most attention. I think of all, it is a, a uh, middle-aged woman who has a sweater on and she is washing the feet of a young girl with overalls. And the background is family planning clinic. And by the way, all these look like they were made with AI. I don't know if they were, but it's like it just has that aesthetic to it. And it looks like it's in California too. And so, so she's washing her feet, right? And so this is a, a girl who I presumably, I guess, just got an abortion or is thinking of getting an abortion. Uh, and you have in the background, all these people with signs, right? And they're not washing her feet, right? They're just standing around talking to each other with their signs. Uh, like, and one of the signs says, save the unborn, uh, choose life, Uh, so that they're pro-life activists, but they're not doing what Jesus would have done, which is wash the feet of this girl, apparently. And then you have, uh, there's, there's a few more. There's, there's a, um, I don't know if it's a mother. I don't know what kind of relationship this is, but it's, it's a, uh, an older woman who looks, I don't know, Italian, maybe Latin. I'm not sure, but a younger girl, a younger redheaded girl who's washing her feet. And it's in a very, um, uh, let's just say messy, uh, apartment or trailer. I'm not really sure. Uh, and there's alcohol of course, uh, all over. So, so someone who's struggling or giving in, we'll say to alcohol and their feet are being washed. Uh, this is the one that makes like, oh, I guess it makes sense now. Okay. I, I at first I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So it's okay. Now I get it. It's someone who, um, I guess works the oil rigs, So it looks like an oil rig worker and it's out in an area where there's those ants. My grandfather called them that, you know, the, the oil drills uh, or or not drills, but the oil. uh, I don't know. I don't even know what they're called. I probably should, shouldn't get out on a limb here, but it's, it's where they're they're digging oil out of the ground, right. With these machines and there's a climate change or, or an environmentalist activist of some kind, uh, an Asian girl who's sitting there on a barrel and there's a sign that says "Clean Air Now," and uh, and he's this presumably an oil rig worker, uh, an older white guy or middle aged white guy is washing her feet. Uh, and then we have um, a young Latino woman with a baby, and there's a bus, and people are getting off the bus, and I guess these are migrants. I'm not exactly sure, but you have a, uh, it's in a suburb, and you have this uh, white suburban dressed mom type figure, uh, washing her feet. And then we're in the suburbs again, and there's, uh, a dad with a flannel shirt, uh, and a mom, I think they're, I'm presuming they're married in a traditional dress and she's washing the feet of a Muslim woman. Like it every, just all, almost every single one of these, with the exception of maybe one or two, it is like total. It, it's a, according to an intersectional framework, it is a uh, a power disparity foot washing, right? So it's the people who supposedly have the pa- power, according to a leftist framework, an intersectional framework, washing the feet of the people who are the victims. Um, in this one, man, I don't even know what's going on here. This just looks like chaos. You got people who are protesting, uh, shut him up, uh, say, saying no to censorship. So so it's, it's a battle over censorship, I guess. I'm not even quite certain what's going on here. I'm, I'm assuming this is a school as well. I don't, I don't know what they're protesting. Uh, science or silence the hate. So, so the girl who's getting her foot feet washed, I guess is a, an activist of some kind and has a silence the hate. And then there's a, um, there's a a black girl who's about her same age. They're both young washing her feet. And I guess she's from the other side of this battle. That's, I don't know what the battle's over, but, Uh, so you have that one, then you have, now now this isn't like a foot washing as much as it is. It's two old guys giving their feet a bath together in the same, in the same, but it, but it's clearly in the South on a porch and it's a white guy with overalls and it's a black guy with a, a sweater vest. And so I guess it's supposed to be like, uh, I don't know, we racial reconciliation or something. Uh, and then this is last but not, nice. and this is the one, by the way, that got the, like, if you were listening to the music, this is where the emphasis comes in. Uh, this is the, uh, a, a clerical person. I don't know what denomination, but they have a cross around their neck and a, and a, a clerical collar and washing the feet of a transgender person is what it looks like. And, or someone who thinks they're transgender. So, and then you get the message, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet he gets us all of us, Jesus, he gets us.com. Love your neighbor. So we've been over this before because it's not new to this podcast because, uh, we've, if you go back what a year or two, uh, probably two years, I did a whole podcast on the, he gets us campaign when it started and talked about uh, a little bit about their funding and, uh, what their message was. We went to their website and examined it. And some of you might remember that some of you don't, but um, essentially, you know, pretty shallow and watered down. And if you remember, I went, uh, to, I, I actually talked to one of the, he gets us, uh, I guess representatives, cause you can go chat with them. And, uh, this was right after Tom Buck on Twitter. He had gone, he, uh, pastor Tom Buck, he had gone to the website and he had, um, I shouldn't actually, I, I probably shouldn't get out on a limb cause I don't remember exactly, um, what he did. I don't know if he did it or if he was showing someone else had done this, but it was on the topic of homosexuality. Someone was basically saying, I, "Could you find me a gay-affirming church? Uh, I, I'm tired of the bigots." And of course, they were more than accommodating, right? And then I decided to see if we could find a church that would be accommodating to a Trump supporter. So I didn't have to pose as anyone. I just got on there and was like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm looking. I, I want to know if there's a church around that would support. I'm, I'm a white man." You know, I I I use the, the buzzwords that the, the left you know gets, gets freaks out over. And um, you know, I'm kind of a rebel myself and I, I feel like I don't fit in and you know I'm a i am support Trump and that kind of thing. And is, is there anywhere where I'm accepted? Like you know, I saw your ad and it seems like at that at that time they were on the whole Jesus is a rebel bandwagon. And of course, they shut the conversation down right away. They they weren't going to engage in that and uh, it, it was such a difference between that you know, Trump opposed as, as a typical Trump supporter and then opposing as a homosexual. And so I, I did a whole podcast on this a while back. So you can go check that out if you want to know more about the campaign and stuff. But, um, I did put together a few slides from today of just things that I saw on online about this. So first of all, a few conservatives who thought the ad you just saw, was, well, I shouldn't say they're conservatives. I, they'd all probably say they are. Uh, Michael Knowles might be the only one who actually is politically conservative, at least. Uh, but they, but these all people all say that they, they think it's a good ad. So you have Michael Knowles who says, I'm the only conservative Christian who didn't totally hate that he gets us ad. He's asking the question. Yes, it speaks woke ease. It's not for us. It's for the secular libs. There's a risk. It leads to heretical complacency, but it gets some lost lib even to consider our lord. I'm not totally opposed. Your green-haired lesbian cousin who hates your her, her dad is not going to read the Summa Theologic <laughs> uh, set you didn't buy her. But she, if she begins to feel slightly uh, a slight affection for our Lord, she might turn on a podcast. Maybe that podcast could be Friar Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year. I think Michael Knowles is Catholic. Anyway, he says, The ad wouldn't be my first choice for evangelism, but our Lord has used much uh, worse things for good. So, I mean... I don't know if substantively there's a disagreement. I mean, he can use Pharaoh, he can use Balaam's donkey. I mean, he can use that. Right. But that's not really the question. The question is, uh, what is that the right thing? Is that part of God's moral will? Is that the way we should approach evangelism? And I think the answer to those things is no. And I'll I'll talk about that, um, maybe at the end, but, but that's Michael Knowles. And then you have Danny Slavich and Daniel Darling, both, uh, both. I think Danny Slavich is an SBC pastor, if I'm not mistaken. Daniel Darling is a, uh, uh, I know he's affiliated with the SBC, too. He was with the ERLC. I'm not sure where, where, where he is today, but uh, but he he's done a lot of uh, commenting on like MSNBC and like more, more leftist. He, he's kind of one of those like Russell Moore type guys, not to the same status, but they'll bring him on to try to talk to those evangelical Christians or talk about them in negative ways. Uh, that, that, that's the context I know him from. I remember, I remember I did a whole podcast and it was Daniel Darling on MSNBC talking about how Christians should just get vaccinated. If you remember that, but Danny Slavich says that he gets his commercials are amazing. Check out the mention and quote tweets to this tweet and tell me he was actually misrepresenting Jesus. So people are giving him a hard time and he's just like, you know, how are they, they're, they're not really representing Jesus. If you, if you're critical of it and Daniel Darling He hopes it sparks a lot of evangelistic conversations. And Dr. Derwin Gray, who, uh, you know, he's not SBC. I looked him up recently because I was like, isn't he SBC? He's done so many things with SBC pastors on racial reconciliation stuff. And uh, yeah, I couldn't find any evidence he was SBC, but he is popular in the SBC for some reason. But anyway, he said, "Um, let's go. He gets us powerful commercials. So those are just a few of the things I saw. I'm sure there's many more of people who supported it and why they supported it. And I think it's good for evangelism and, you know, Michael Knowles had the most, you know, uh, maybe straightforward, uh, straightforward endorsement. I, I don't know if you can call it endorsement, but positive things to say, because he said th- he thinks, Hey, it's just a certain crowd that's going to see this. Um, and I would suggest to you, that's maybe not true. Uh, I mean, you think about it like football. I mean, who watches football, right? What's the stereotypical person who's a football fan? It's, it's males, right? It's men. Uh, I would be curious. I don't know if there's any polling on this, but I, I bet a lot of like the football fans I would think would would be more on the right. I would think there would be like a higher percentage of Trump supporters in football fans, uh, in football fan crowd. Now, e- even if not, like it's a sizable, I, I, I can't even see any way around it. It's, it's got to be the majority. Like it's football is one of those sports that's going to attract, uh, it'll attract people on the left too, but it's going to attract a lot of people on the right. So that's what I like. I don't understand because a a couple other people on Twitter were trying to make that point. Like the commercial wasn't for you. It was for, for them like, but it was for people who are watching the football game and and they're spending millions of maybe a billion, who knows how much money. I mean, it's, it's insanely expensive to put out a Super Bowl ad. So they spent all this money and, uh, and it's, it's for people who are watching the game. So, so I don't buy that, but, but that's, that's one of the arguments that's being made. Uh, So, uh, what was this uh, here? Okay. So here's the, he gets us uh, Twitter profile. They uh, put out a few tweets. And so I just thought that this was kind of, it, it was kind of funny and it was kind of representative. And I'll show you some, some pretty funny things in my opinion here in a second <laughs> that I made just to have some holy mockery. I think, I think you could do that. I think there's some holy mockery sometimes for things that are just uh, completely theologically off, which I think this is. Um, so uh, they put out uh Another video. Who is my neighbor? I'm going to show you that one in a minute. minute. And then there's another post. Jesus said to love your neighbor. N e i g h b a a a a. Love your neighbor. Yeah. So I mean, it it is clearly geared towards a certain demographic. Uh, How to love your neighbor? Number one, avoid judging others. This is another post of theirs. Draw near to those you avoid. Choose humility. Which it seems only applies to like the people you would avoid is like people who would get an abortion, people who would be part of a protest uh, people who look like they're gangster people who are, have alcohol problems uh, people who are rebels and dressed very rebelliously, but like, those are the people, right? So it's, it's not um, your list of people on uh, that are more right wing or, you know, like Trump supporters. It's not, uh, I mean, I I could even say like, it's not your neo-Nazi people, right? It's not, it's not those people, right? It's your, it's your transgenders though, right? Those are the people. So it's lopsided in that way, but, but this is their how to love your neighbor in, in three steps. And I, I would just ask you, like, is this remotely biblical? Avoid judging others. That's how to love your neighbor. Um, what, what Bible verse is that? I mean, sometimes you have to make assessments. You have to, Uh, Of course, you know, you should uh, not point out the log or the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own, right? That's hypocrisy, but uh, avoid judging others altogether. What about, you know, telling them of the judgment of God, which is what these ads never do. They never talk about sin or repentance. It's never about that. Um, Draw near to those you avoid. Uh, I mean, we should, in the circles that we inhabit the areas we live in, we should definitely minister to those people. That's how it's always worked. Um, we shouldn't be avoiding people who are in our proximity, uh, who, you know, we have a responsibility, uh, to love, uh, we, we should fulfill our obligations and that kind of thing. So, but, but the message here, of course, like I said, is like draw near to people that are politically different from you if they're on the left. Uh, and then choose humility so i mean it's general stuff it's stuff that like you know anyone think about the, it this way like would anyone who's like into killing children and uh you know d- dressing up as the opposite gender of of who they actually are would, would they like have any objection to any of this probably not right they would probably be like cheering this because because it's that general and it's that in step with the zeitgeist of the the age um and oh, this is the other one. So, so he gets us, how can you show how to love your neighbor? Search your socials, make someone feel seen, heard, and loved, no matter what they believe. So feel seen, heard, and loved. That's how you love your neighbor. So that's that's the other answer to the question. You got to help them feel. Uh, not remotely biblical. L- love your neighbor means telling them the truth. Uh, means connecting them with someone who actually can forgive their sins, who can put them into a right relationship with with God. It means sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, but also the bad news of why we need Him, And that's not anywhere to be found in any of this. And that's uh, part of the problem. It's just to help them feel seen, heard, and loved. I mean, it, it's the sin of empathy, right? It's the, uh, the, the, platforming of self and putting self in the the captain's chair, and self starts to make all the decisions and self gets to assess whether they feel seen, heard, and loved. Cause even it's, it's not even make someone, someone be seen, heard, and loved. It's make them feel seen, heard. You know, they don't have to be seen, heard, and loved. They just have to feel that way. So it's ultimately a, a self-centered message that he gets us puts out there. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, and so then, so then I did this. I, I couldn't help myself guys. I just had to last night and, and I got, I got home. It was a long day yesterday. I was away like most of the day. And by the way, for those, I think I mentioned to those on Patreon, I did preach a message, uh, the morning, last morning on God's will for your life. It went well. Thank you. Um, unfortunately the live stream was a bit, uh, there was some gaps in it. So I'm seeing if there's a raw file that I can put out for you guys, uh, if anyone wants to listen to it, but I'm not sure if I can yet, but anyway, it went well, but I was gone all day. I didn't get home till after nine. And, um, and so uh, I, I, you know, went on my phone just to see what's the news, and I had even forgotten that the Super Bowl was going on. And oh, it's the Super Bowl! And then the next thing I see is my walls just filled with this "He Gets Us" stuff. And so I saw the ad that I played for you at the beginning, and then um, I, I just couldn't help myself; I had to make this. So for those listening, uh, I put "He Gets Us" right, and it's a picture of Donald Trump. Now I had to use some AI software, and it wasn't quite cooper- cooperating with me. I had to like do some editing myself of the picture, but. It's Donald Trump, and he's getting his feet washed. And the person washing his feet is Russell Moore. Now, Russell Moore is in a robe. and Don't ask me. That was AI. I don't know why. But, but Russell Moore is the one washing his feet. And I just thought, I, I thought it was funny, but I, but I was mocking them, essentially. But, and a lot of people totally miss the point on this. I, I post one uh, reaction from someone. There's a, there's a bunch of them, though, where they're like, you know, basically I'm insinuating that Russell Moore would not wash Trump's feet. And I, I'm like, that's not the point at all. Um, I'm mocking the imbalance of the, he gets us ad in a humorous way, whether Trump would or would not wash or, or more would or would not wash Trump's feet is irrelevant. He gets us, wouldn't show it if it happened. That's the point. Uh, so I'm, I'm showing that there's, there's an imbalance, like they're not going to show Trump supporters, um, with their MAGA hats. They're not going to show Donald Trump. They're not going to show anything on the right. It's all going to be left leaning stuff that you're, that Christians are going to wash their feet. And, uh, and so, uh, anyway, I thought that was funny. And, um, Oh, and then I should I should show this. So, the, here's the other ad that he gets us put out. Now, I don't know if this aired during the Super Bowl, if this is just one they put out on Twitter, but this is the it's only a minute long. Uh, here it is. All right, so uh it starts off there's a guy now maybe this is the closest you could get to like maybe this guy could be a trump guy like maybe like maybe he's a sort of concern i mean he's smoking now i mean that's kind of that's a rebel thing to do right uh so you know he's smoking but he's in a bar he's drinking uh and but he's got if you look on the edge of his hat there's a little american flag there just maybe just maybe i don't know i don't know though i'm i'm probably i'm I might be reading into it, but, uh, the question is then posed, who is my neighbor? And then after the question's posed, um, you, you have some, some, you know, interesting characters here. I I don't even know. I'm afraid to be honest with you (laughs) to start trying to interpret and say what I think these mean, because someone's going to come to me and say like, John, you're way off. But I I think this is a transgender person who thinks they're transgender. I, I just, it looks like a dude who thinks they're a girl. Now I'm going to be in trouble if this is actually a girl, but it really looks to me like that's a dude who thinks uh, they're a girl. And, and of course these are on purpose. They're made. These are very expensive. So it's very carefully chosen what they're putting there, but that's what that is. And then you have, um, I don't know. Is, it, is that a rich, an old rich lady? I don't know what with a leopard skin looking shawl or something, but she's kind of looking down at you. And uh I, I don't, I don't. Okay, so I'm gonna get in trouble maybe again, but just me. It, it seems like this is someone who 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 is a woman of perhaps, even though she's older, of ill repute. Maybe I know, I know. Please don't come at me, guys. I'm just these are this, this is my impression. All right, then you got a guy who's, I guess, at a gas station or something. He's selling. There's like cigarettes behind him and stuff, and he's pointing at the screen or at us um, and looks like he's maybe like Albanian or something. And then, um, and then there's a a person who looks like she's, she, she's got bruised eyes. I think, I think she's been abused perhaps. Maybe it's a woman who's just been abused, but she's got an earring or a, a, I should say a lip ring. And she's got a tattoo on her forehead that says angel. And, uh, so, um, I think they're picking people who are you know they're kind of bizarre, that's the theme of this one. Like, these are people who, um, they, they don't it's hard to make them fit into categories, which is as you can see, I'm having struggling myself. Like, how do I even you know fit these people into categories, right? And uh, and, and so I think that's kind of the point. And it says the ones that you don't notice, the ones that you don't value, the ones that you don't welcome, all right? So, these are people that we don't notice, value, or welcome because they're different. Uh, and then it's it's a homeless person, a homeless lady who's got a cup of something. I don't know what's in the cup. Uh, and uh, then it says he gets us.com, love your neighbor. So um I thought I'd have some fun given the first ad, right? And how it was basically leftist victims groups get their feet washed. And then this one, and it's like, you know, the the outcast of society, right? I thought that I, I would just, you know, give give, give him a little help. help, help he gets us a little because they could use some work. And I, and I was thinking like, you know, the real outcasts, the people that are truly uh, marginalized, that are truly disdained, that have academia and the media and every, the halls of Congress and, and every powerful institution l- lined up against them. Some of them still in prison, right, are the January 6th uh protesters right and i just thought you know they're they're people who are outcasts right they're people who they're not noticed and um and and they're also left out of the first one because they're not one of the they're not a left-wing victim group so i thought i would just help he gets us and i would give them the january 6th edition of uh that particular ad so here it is So, so I had fun with that. Right. And it's so easy because they're just pictures. So you just slap a few pictures on, you have the, uh, the QAnon shaman, right. From January 6th, first one. And then we have, uh, and who is my neighbor. And then, um, there's a bunch of people, but I'm focused more on, there's a, a guy, he's got a Trump hat and he's got a, uh, a Confederate, uh, battle flag, Southern cross that he's carrying with him. And then you got a guy who's, uh, holding a, a wooden cross, Um, and then you got uh, a guy who is, um, a MAGA flag or make America great again hat, but then he's waving a Betsy Ross, American flag. Uh, and then you have some, a bunch of nuns with Trump. I'd never seen this one before, by the way. I just found this. They're a bunch of nuns and they have the, uh, the Trump, uh, uh, like scarf. It just says Trump. And then one of them's holding stand with Trump. And this is on January 6th. Um, I, by the way, I saw them. I think I saw them because I, I was actually there. I wasn't in the Capitol, but I was there for the uh, the rally that day. And I think I remember seeing them, but they they didn't really come up in pictures afterward. Um, and it says, the, they're, maybe they're not scary enough to fit the narrative. The one you uh, you don't notice, the one you don't value, the one you don't welcome. And then that's when I pushed Ashley Babbitt. I'm like, yeah, she's totally ignored by the media. The one you don't notice she's not valued. It's like her life. I mean, the guy who shot her gets a promotion. It's like, she doesn't even exist. I mean, how could there be a better example of that than Ashley Babbitt? The only person who actually died on January 6th as a result of uh, everything that took place that day. So, and she's got a MAGA hat on. So that was my, that is my, um, in, in my loving way, trying to help that he gets this campaign, make, make their ads just a little bit better and uh, maybe reach more football fans that way too. You know, you never know. So anyway, <laughs> I had some fun with that and uh, put that out there. And then, um, is this the last one? Oh yeah. So Michael Clary, Michael Clary, Dr. Michael Clary. I think it's doctor. Uh, he's written at least one book on sexuality and stuff. Uh, and uh, he's a pastor. And so he, he put this out there. I thought this was shrewd. This was a good observation. He said that he gets this campaign is not for evangelism to those on the left. It is discipleship to those on the right. Know what time it is. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, maybe I said this. I don't remember saying this, but um, when the, we first saw He Gets Us campaign ads a few years ago, they've always been that way. It's always been, um, it, it's never been actual evangelism. It's never been like sin, righteousness, judgment, salvation. Uh, it's, it doesn't follow any kind of biblical framework. It's just that, you know, you matter basically if you're an outcast or someone that the left appreciates, (laughs) that's pretty much what they say. And so like Michael Knowles hope, I guess, is that they would get roped in through that and that they, the people who actually are outcasts or are on the, on the left, they would, they would contact, he gets us and they become Christians. And then that would, one thing would lead to another and, you know, but, um, But but it doesn't make sense to me, like on the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, like you're you're really targeting one niche demographic. And the Super Bowl is it's watched by so many people, but a lot of those people are not going to be in that. So why be so overbalanced? I mean, it'd be easy to just slap a few pictures on there that appeal to people on both sides of the political aisle. Um, And I think the reason is because they are doing exactly what Michael Clary says, it's, it's signaling, it's telling people in the world that this is who Christians actually are, right? This is, these are the acceptable Christians, the ones that you're supposed to like, the ones that you're, uh, the, the, the way that all Christians should be is they should be paying extra attention to these kinds of people and serving them and not playing into the stereotypes of like pro-life protesters and that kind of thing. That's what it's communicating. It's, it's Christian. This is your example. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what the church really is. This is it's it's damage control. It's reputation uh, curating is what it is. That's that's I think. And and this is my opinion. Obviously, I'd agree with Michael Clary, though. I'm not the only one who had the opinion. I think that, uh, that that makes the most sense of why they put something like this out. Now, I should point out, biblically speaking here, Jesus did wash the feet of his disciples, not the Pharisees, right? His disciples and he was setting an example for them of servanthood, that they should wash the feet of others. Now, one of the things, and I was thinking about this today, one of the interesting things about Jesus, and I think it, it, this applies to the apostles, this applies to uh, the church more broadly, there is an in-group preference you see throughout the New Testament, right? A preference for Christians. Doesn't mean you don't love others, but there is a, a principle that um, you, your responsibility is first to the household of faith. And, and you even see this in examples of like Paul's, Paul's life where, you know, who's giving to his needs, like churches are giving to the saints of other areas of other regions to help them out. I'm sure there's people in their regions that need help, but they're, they're specifically going out of their way to send money specifically to who Christians in other areas. And Jesus really introduced this in group preference. I mean, he had exclusive relationship with 12 apostles and then he had, inti- he had intimacy uh, intimate relationship um, on a spiritual level with uh, three of those twelve, and he, when he washed their feet, he was he he was doing it for people he had been with for a few years, and I, I it strikes me as as odd to then make the application of that. Go to someone who's just had an abortion or is just about to get an abortion and wash their feet. That, that's the Christian thing to do, not to witness to them, not to confront them about the sin that they've done or about to do, but to just wash their feet. That's not that's not that's a misapplication of what Jesus was doing when he washed the disciples feet. He wanted them to serve each other, to serve to, to serve believers. Now, of course, I, I don't, I'm not ruling. out. I don't think that means you can't wash the feet of people who aren't Christians or anything like that. I don't, I don't think there's like a hard fast rule that that's not something that you can do or anything, but, um, but that it's not in line and it's not in keeping with the example that we're given. It's going outside of that. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's more that could be said, I guess there, but, um, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll get to the comments now. I'm just, people have been patient with me who have been in the live chat. We have 77 people, actually. That's kind of impressive for after midnight uh, on an unannounced live stream, streaming right now. Um, But if you have any comments about this, I'd be curious to hear them. Uh, Honoring Intimates says, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I came to set a man against his father and daughter against her mother. Those are the words of Jesus that are not too popular. You're not supposed to say those, right? Conceptual Clarity says the Green family has to be held accountable for finding this contact information would be helpful. Um, yeah, you know, I, yeah, the Green family, which they've largely, I don't know who all funded it. Um, I don't, I, I know I went into that years ago and some of it wasn't even uh, available at the time, but the Green family, I think, is largely behind this. Um, I don't know if they have finance 100% of it. And of course, they're behind a lot of Christian things. They give money to Liberty University. They've basically were responsible for the Museum of the Bible. Here's a funny, you want to know a funny thing? So The Power Worshippers, the book I just reviewed, that's going to be the basis for this film on Christian nationalism called God and Country. So in that book, you know who's uh, one of the major funders, the dark money going to Christian nationalism? It's the Green family. So the Green family is this, this Christian nationalist, dark money force. And yet they they funded this. All <laughs> right. Which which you, you can see is totally uh, slanting left. And uh, so there you go. I mean, it's you're going to be called the Christian nationalist no matter what. But um, Robert Sparkman says, I doubt they were meaning to evangelize, but rather to throw rocks at Christians for their lack of tolerance or perhaps for the woke Christians to distance themselves from the rest. I mean, that's kind of what it effectively does, doesn't it? I think Jesus knew how much the disciples didn't understand even after three years of them. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. I mean, and w- when I want to judge the disciples though, I have to think about myself and um, how I can be the same way, you know, I make, doing the same sins, making the same mistakes, uh, not trusting the Lord when he's proven that he can be trusted. So I don't want to be too hard on them, but yeah, after three years of living with them, you'd think, you think they would have understood uh, that, uh, being uh, th- that the first shall be last the last shall be first so um someone confirmed to me that michael knowles is a traditional Catholic perhaps Latin mass so I guess he's not your standard Roman Catholic but a Trad Cath. So that is interesting. Uh WW says I did not watch the Super Bowl or any NFL why support an organization that hates me and what I believe. Yeah and I, I agree and, and maybe that's significantly changed the audience. This could be I still think that the NFL audience is probably leans more to the right. I just assume that because it's football, you know, but you know, they, they have the, the organization, the NFL has done much to uh, take whatever trust was there and destroy it. So it could be that it is veering more left. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, Oh, and TJM Zoom reminded me, yes, it is not Midnight Everywhere. Maybe the 82 people streaming right now are out on the West Coast. <laughs> so, And Breakfast uh, G- Gun didn't realize it was the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was the Super Bowl yesterday. I didn't see it, but but there you go. All right, so there's uh, there, there's just a few thoughts. I, I know that I'm a little scattered for this one. It wasn't uh, a deep dive into He Gets Us. I kind of already did that, and um I, I just thought I would share with you some, some of the funny things uh, that I think it, maybe that's a topic for discussion at some point is, is it appropriate to do that? And I think it is actually, I think like they're going way outside of the, like what they're trying to do is they're trying to prove to us that, or, or they're trying to show us what evangelism should look like, what reaching the world for Jesus should look like, how Christians should interact with the world. And, and of course it's a train wreck. They get it all wrong. And I think, there's an opportunity there to make a point. And, you know, I guess I take my president from, uh, Elijah and Mount Vale. Maybe I'll rely on that a little too much, but, um, but he, yeah, he mocks these false prophets. who think that they're, they're in the truth and they're not. And so, uh, so, so there is a place for that. And so that's, I, I, I just thought that, uh, there was a place for maybe mocking these ads. All right. Uh, that's about it. Uh, shorter podcast today. um, I, I am, like I said, going to be in Georgia, uh, this weekend. So I would look forward to seeing many of you hopefully there. And, um, if you're not there, just, just pray for me though. Cause, um, this is a big project. In fact, I am still putting final touches on the documentary. It's about an hour and a half. I'm going to be working probably like nonstop today and tomorrow, just getting that out there so I can be ready, uh, to fly out on Thursday. And, uh, um, but anyway, um, Um, I'm looking forward to revealing it to all of you who aren't going to be there at some point. Uh, but, uh, but it's only going to be for those who are in the room this Friday. And of course you have the opportunity. If you come on Friday, go to the Abbeville, I I think you can still sign up abbevilleinstitute.com. Uh, you can come and you can give me some feedback. You can say, John, I would change this, this, and this, and it's not public yet. So we can change it. So there you go. All right. (laughs) Okay. Last comment before I Eureka hope said, did John mention he gets us? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. That was uh that was most of the podcast. <laughs> All right, God bless guys. I'll talk to you later.